This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Man, I'm excited. I've already preached twice today. I'm kind of preached out. But uh, I'm going to give it all I've got. Amen? Amen. I'm excited about this. I'm just just excited about our time of the Word today. It's a simple, simple message. I will tell you, I've hurt myself twice preaching this because I feel this message down in the depth of who I am. Okay? And I want you to, to get this today. Why don't you open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 14. We're gonna, I'm going to bring you a message today entitled Convictions, Convictions. When I told somebody I was preaching on convictions, they said, oh no, conviction. And I was like, no, I didn't come to beat anybody up today, but I came to talk about what drives you in your life. And that's convictions. It becomes your motivating factor, what you believe, who you are, the way you do your job. Some of you have excellent convictions concerning your jobs. Some of you God's blessing you because of those convictions. And so I want to talk to you about those things this morning. Before we do, though, let's just ask God to open the word to us. Father, open your word today. Change who we are. Change our lives. We, we, we don't want to play games here this morning, God. We've come to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I ask you that somehow this simple message that reveals truths from your word, may your word change us. Change who we are by the blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we're going to go to Joshua 14, but before we, we get there, let me just kind of set the, the tone for you. Um, the children of Israel approached the promised land. As they approached the land that God told them he would give them, they are promised you know, that they can, they can go in, that they're going to be able to take possession. But before they do, they send 12 spies in to spy out the land, to see what it's going to be like, to, to figure out what the battle's going to look like. And, and so they send these, these spies in. They've been, they've been in the, the wilderness, and, and now they come, and, and there's, uh, uh, they've been slaves for 400 years, but they, they've spent a lot of time in Joshua 14. They spent 40 years in the wilderness, and they've spent 400 years of slavery. They're ready to be home, okay? So they're ready to be home, but something goes awry. Out of the 12 disciples, I mean, our 12 spies that are sent in, out of those 12 spies that are sent in, there's only two that come back with a good report. And really, one of those is the young guy who kind of just agrees with the other guy. And, and, and so the one that comes back with a great report, his name is Caleb. And Caleb comes back with this wonderful report, and here's what he says. He says, let's go take possession of, of the promise that God has given to us. He says, we can do this, guys. I believe we can do this. I know we can do this. But, but the problem is that, that, that the young Joshua who steps up and, and, and agrees with him, but uh, the other ten oppose him. And the other ten say this. They say, no, 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 no. The, the people in the land are great and they're mighty and their cities are strong and, they're, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. We, and, and I always found it interesting is that's the way they saw themselves, not the way the people there saw them. They saw them as fearful force because the Bible says they were tightly shut up because of them. And they were afraid of them, but they saw themselves in the wrong light. They had the wrong convictions about themselves. And I don't know who you are, and I didn't preach this in any of the other services, but I feel it in my spirit just jumping. Some of you have the wrong conviction about yourself. 
You have the wrong feelings about yourself. You believe the lie. You believe the curse. You believe something that somebody said negative about you. And I want you to understand today that you are a blood-bought child of the living God. He paid a high price for you, and you are treasured of God. He chose you. He has purpose for you. And so today, I want you to find the conviction to believe what God has about you. Well, the problem is the people of Israel don't believe what God has about them. And for 40 years, they're forced to wander in the wilderness. And Caleb is forced to wander with them. And at this point of Joshua 14, it's been 45 years since he first stepped foot in the promised land. 45 years since he came back with a good report. And, and imagine the, the fire and, and all that had the struggle within him and the passion within him that maybe he'd went through during those 45 years. I mean, let me just put it into perspective. When he went into the promised land, he was 40. At this point, he's 85 years old. Joshua was probably about 17. So he's approaching 60. By, by all counts, Caleb is the oldest man anywhere around. Okay, he's the oldest dude around, and, and when he speaks, everybody listens. Imagine if everybody in the whole community is younger than, than, than 50, really, and if maybe mid-50s at max, and there's this one guy that's 85, so everybody listens to what the old guy has to say. And let's pick up with what he has to say in Joshua chapter 14, verse number 6. Now, the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb said to him, those, here's 85-year-old Caleb said to him, this is what he said. You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. He says, you remember. You and I are the only two old enough to remember, okay? He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, to spy out the land. And I brought him back a report. Notice this. I brought him back a report according to my... I got about five of you. Come on now. According to my convictions, I came back with a report according to what I believed inside of me. The way that I viewed the promised land, the way that I viewed the opportunity was skewed because of what I felt on the inside. The way, and I see, this is not even in my sermon, but God has a purpose for this message in this time. Some of you are viewing things wrong because what's happened on the inside of you has been skewed. And God has sent me with a word today to tell you to trust God in spite of everything, to trust God in spite of every lie the devil has told you, to trust God in spite of every discouraging thing that somebody spoke into your life. You are called. He said, I have a hope and a future for you. I have a plan for you. And stop listening to sin and guilt and regret and start listening to the fact that you have been washed and now you are new, a creation in Christ, and God has a purpose for your life. But in order to tap into that purpose for your life, you're going to have to begin to live by convictions. And living by convictions is not easy. Can I get an amen for that? It is not easy to stand your ground when you're the only one going that way. When everybody else, but you see, the devil wants you to compromise. The devil wants you to back down because the devil knows if he can get you to back down before long, he'll get you to back out on the promises you made to God. But God himself has sent me with a reminder this morning that when you make something a promise to God, the Bible says it's better not to make a vow to God than to make one and break it. But when you made a promise to God and God made a promise to you, you grab hold of each other and you hold on to God and God holds on to you. And no matter what you have to do, don't give up because God's going to bring you through. Amen. Can we give God kind of a, a mighty praise this morning? Amen. The devil will try to get you to compromise relationally. 
and give up on your convictions. But you don't know how much I love them, Pastor Don. Do you love them enough to keep them out of hell? Because if you don't stand your ground, the day will come on Judgment Day when they say, you didn't show me Christ. I'm not, I didn't really expect an amen there, but thank you for the few. I'll never forget my relatives who would curse my parents in anger because my parents would make stands for God. But the minute their families began to fall apart, the minute their wives began to walk out on them, the minute that the things began to, all hell would break loose on them, they would call my parents up and say, you know how to get a hold of God. I'm looking for somebody who will not compromise just because you love somebody. You'll stake your, your claim. You'll let them know we are children of God. We're not sinning for you. We're not going to help you sin, but we will help you grow in Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen for that? this morning. You're going to have to do it financially. You're going to have to live by your convictions, not to put yourself in so much debt that your, your family turns into a fighting ring. You're going to have to do it occupationally. It hurts sometimes. You're going to have to make your stand. See, it's because we don't go all in on believing God's word. I'll never forget my boss looking at me and he said, Don, Either you sell this as new or you'll be fired. The problem was, it wasn't new. It was scratch and dent that we had markered over. And he said, Don, you're going to sell it as new. And I said, no, sir, I'm not. He said, do you want to work here, boy? I said, sir, let me just make this comment to you. I promise you, I will not lie for you. And boy, he had fire in his eyes. But I said, but if you'll trust me, I promise you, I'll never lie to you. And I said, if you'll give me a chance, I'll sell that used faster than you can sell it new. And he looked at me like, we'll see. And I not only sold that one, I sold another and another and another. And before long, God had put me in a place where not only was I not being threatened to be fired, he came to me and said, neither one of my sons want the company. Do you want the company? Why? Because that day I was afraid. That day, see, we missed the word. The word of God says if you give up a house here, if you give up something here for the cause of Christ, it doesn't say there you'll be blessed. It says here you'll be blessed. And God's looking for somebody who has enough conviction to say, I'm a Christian first and foremost. I will not lie. I will not cheat. I will not steal. I will honor God in their places I'm not going because I'm a child of God. Not a popular sermon but true. And you have to be careful who you let into your life because look at what the next verse says up here. You have to be real careful what you let into your life. Ready for this? I believe it's, is it, is it verse eight? It says, but my fellow Israelites who went up, who went up with me, watch this. They made the hearts of the people melt in fear. Are you ready? You have to be careful about those that are around you because all it takes is listening to people who are not all in for you to fall all out of God's plan and God's promises for your life. If you let yourself hang around with people who straddle the fence on their faith, you're in danger. Everybody here needs somebody who's further along in Christ than you are and you need to hang out with them. This week, I called my pastor up because I had a question concerning something for our church, and I was calling for you, but before we got off the phone, it was all about me. God was cleaning me out because I was trying to figure out how to clean y'all out, and God said, well, I, you can't clean them out till I clean you out. 
So we go, what do we do wrong? No, no, no. It's, it's about what you take out determines what you can put in. And, and he started dealing with my heart, and I went, I literally came off the phone with, with tears, and I was like, thank you, God, for somebody who's challenging me in my life. You need all-in people in your life. You need people that, that, that you're not always just trying to have to pull them forward. You need to be pulling somebody forward, but you need somebody that's pulling you forward also. And the Word says, be careful because there are a group of people that are going to try to cause you not to inherit what God's called you to. You see, they're, they're, they're really the difference about going all in or, uh, or not, and that's what our, st- our series is, if you're wondering around here, is all in, is what it really comes down to is are you letting fear dictate your decisions or are you letting faith dictate your decisions? What's controlling you? What did we talk about last week? We talked about the, the poker match and, and, and you get the hand that you know will win. You know you're going to win. And then all of a sudden, you look down and you realize you can't even really compete because you don't have much left. So what do you do? You go all in because you know the hand's a winning hand. You're going to get as much as you can. And the reason that most of us are not trusting God and we're living out of fear is because we don't really believe when God's in our hands that that's enough to win. God's called you to go all in. God's called you to trust Him with all that you are. I promise you, I I promise you, God will never let you down. God will never cause you to shake your head and go, why did I trust God? No. In other words, what I've always found in my life is I'm doing the opposite. I'm going, why didn't I trust God? Why didn't I trust God? When you go all in for God and you walk in faith instead of fear, promises begin to unlock for your life. Am I preaching truth this morning? You see, if you want to stay in the wilderness, you need to live in fear. But if you want to come in the promised land, you need to trust God. And you need to go all in. Let me read to you the next part of verse 8. He says, I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. How could we change that? I went all in. He said, because I went all in on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord, uh, my God, wholeheartedly. Can I tell you in my life, I've had a lot of discouragements. I've had a lot of pains, a lot of struggles. And there are things that knock me down. But I want you to understand that that does not change my commitment to the one who went to a cross for me. Amen. When you're sitting there in the pain and the agony of seeing your family go through sufferings, or you're, I can still, it's been uh, 20-something years, and I can still hear the death chant that, that, that my baby daughter went into as she was leaving this world. I can, I can still hear that, and thank God he spared her life, but I can still hear that. And when the darkness of that begins to stir inside of my heart, it doesn't cause me to run from him, it, because that's settled. It causes me to run to him. That's where you have to get in your life. That you're tired of being in and out and you run toward God with all that you are. You see, now then, just as the Lord promised, he, He's kept me alive. And I think that's amazing. We're like, wow, God actually did what He said He was going to do. He always does what He says He was going to do. He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time He said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today. Watch this. I'm 85 years old. Can I say this? I'm 85 years young. Because look at the next statement. 
I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. That's one bad to the bone dude right there. He's 85 years old. And he says, I am just as strong today as the day they sent me out. Now, watch this. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Woo! I was talking to Ray Wyndham in the last service about, about something about this. And he said, he said, yeah, Pastor, well, I've done so many mountains and hiking in the last... And I said, I'm not even mad enough for this conversation. <laughs> Listen to what he says. He says, now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourselves heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as an inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, all in. And he got what God promised him because he was all in. He received it. Now let me settle this for you. This is, this is a bold man. This is a brave man. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's 85 years old. I mean, this is faith. This is like faith that caused Noah to build an ark. This is like faith that caused Abraham to put Isaac on, on the altar, things we've been talking about in this all-in study. But to say, give me the hill country, he didn't say, let me go down here. He said, give me the baddest of the bone place in the whole country. I'm 85 years old, and I know what I want. That's awesome. You're not as excited as the 70-year-old first service. <laughs> they were like, yes. He's still young. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is, I think. Here's what I love about Caleb, though. The fact that he was all in when he was 40, listen to me carefully. The fact that he was all in when he was 40 was awesome. But the fact that he was still all in at 85 is wonderful. You see, people tell me, well, someday I'm going to do this for God. No, if you won't do it today, you're not going to do it then. But here's what I like about this guy. He didn't retire at 65. He didn't decide to play uh, it safe at 70 or to play shuffleboard at 75. I mean, this guy's bad. He's bad. I, if he had the opportunities we have today, this is what I believe his last few years would have been like. At 80, he'd been like, I'm skydiving for my birthday. Give me a plane to jump out of. At 81, he'd be like, let's climb Everest. At 82, he'd be like, let's, let's hike the Grand Canyon. At 83, he'd be like, I'm doing the Iron Man. Come on now, amen. At 84, I think he would have probably took up cage fighting. Come on now. Because at 85, we know what he did at 85. He said, let's go start a war. and Let's pick the biggest and the baddest place around because God's strong enough to give us that area. That just blows my mind. It excites me. Why? Because his faith never diminished. I don't know where you are, but God sent me with a message. You may be here, you may be watching, but God sent me with a message for somebody today. You cannot let your faith diminish. You must keep stoking the fire of who you are in God because the world wants to put your fire out. But what you need to do instead of allowing the, the, the faithlessness of the world to begin to overwhelm you, run to an altar and get your hands up in the air and reach out to God and touch him again and let your faith be reignited. Pastor Don, that's a lot of faith in an altar. Well, how's staying away from the altar doing for you? Come on now. 
Run to Jesus. Get your heart engaged with Jesus again and watch and see what happens to the fire on the inside of you. You better watch out. You might get a little out of control. Well, you know why I believe he picked Hebron? Because it was a thousand meters above the Mediterranean Sea. It was the high ground. It was the place nobody could take. It was full of great giant warriors that nobody else dared to go against. But I believe that he wanted the sheer joy and privilege of the most difficult battle because he understood when you face a difficult battle and you stay committed to God, God receives all the glory as you come through. Now, here's something else that I want you to notice, and this is not in our scripture, but it is in the rabbinical teaching. One rabbi particularly stresses this concerning Caleb's life. When Caleb was sent in with the 12, the rabbinical tradition tells us that Caleb broke away from the 12. At one night, they awoke the next morning, and Caleb's gone. And that Caleb had traveled through the night to Hebron. And then as he arrived at Hebron, he found the place, the cave there in Hebron, where Abraham was buried, and he fell before the graves of his ancestors, and he began to call on the God who had brought them into the promises that he had given them. And as he called on the God who had brought them into the promises that God had given them, something changed inside of Caleb, that the man who came in uh, to that place was not the same man who got up from that place. And that's what I'm trying to tell you today. And I know I'm a little bit more passionate than normal. I know that there's a fire down in my heart today, but I want you to get this, that what you need is a similar type moment. Because when he found himself a place of faith and he bowed his knee in a place of faith, when he arose from that place of faith, something was different different inside of who that he was. Why? Because he had had a change. He had went from wondering to knowing. It had went from a thought to a conviction. And when he arose, he said, I know that God has spoken to me and God's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. Now for somebody here today, you've wondered long enough. You're tired of being frustrated. You're tired of not knowing where God is. My goodness, I'm sorry. I'm trying to behave, but I, I feel a preacher coming on for a moment. I'm telling you today. What you need to do is stop searching for answers and find yourself a place and fall on your face before God and get a hold of God and let it go from being a thought to a conviction. What you need to do is stop wondering, am I going to survive? And get on your knees before the face of God and say, it is your will that though the devil try to destroy me, I will live. Whatever is meant to take me out will turn for my good. Are you with me today? Do you understand that I understand having to find a place to fall, but then there comes a time to get up and stop falling and start standing and start walking and start running for the cause of Christ because we know that we know that God is worthy. Can you give that kind of a God a praise this morning? I reminded by one of the man, men who tuned into our broadcast. He said, I walked in the house and I said, who's that screamer going on in our house? He said, pastor, you were screaming through the phone or through the radio. And I said, I'm sorry. He said, no, don't be sorry for the passion that you feel. Listen to me. Don't you be sorry for when you feel passion for what God can do through your life. My kids are like, daddy, why do you act like that? I'm like, because I feel it. I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you've got the right conviction, you'll feel it also. Let me say this. God has given some of you promises 
And you have had, some of you have had encounters with God. I want you to know God has not forgotten you, but your convictions are what will keep you on track to inherit those promises. See, some of you thought I was going to come, and I'm going to close with this. Some of you thought I was going to come in here and beat you up about conviction. No, what I'm trying to do is stir you up about letting God plant something in your life. Some of you do what you do with excellence because of what you are on the inside. It's who you are. It's time for us to do the same thing in our faith. To be who we claim we are for Christ. To not be different tomorrow than we are today. Unless it's growth. To not be up one week and down the next, but to be strong in God. So that like Caleb, we can say, the same man that I was 40 years ago, 45 years ago when God saved me, I'm not that person anymore, but I'm still on fire for God. He's grown me. He's developed me. He's changed me. He's helped me. He's made me better. He's made my family better. But I'm still determined to serve Him. I think the danger happens in our faith when we feel like we've reached the place we can step back. And in our faith, you can never step back. You must keep stepping forward. Stand with me and I want to share one last truth and we'll be done. In case you're wondering, this 85-year-old man and his compatriots, his, his descendants, they go up Hebron and they take it. They take it. It's theirs. He leaves it to his family. His family, of course, through the generations, expands, 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 and part of his family ends up in an area called Bethlehem. And there's a young boy born called David who would become king. And he would go to Hebron, his ancestor's victory. Watch this. And for the first seven years of his kingdom, he would hold his court in Hebron because it was the safest and strongest city held by Israel because they didn't yet hold Jerusalem. Those, those people had never conquered yet. David would eventually send Joab up through a tunnel he would come in through the wells. I've been there to that well. He'd come through and he captured the city of Jerusalem and he would move it. But until that time, he had, watch this, he had a safe place because of what his ancestor had done. Because of the convictions of his ancestor, he had a safe place. Some of your ancestors had the wrong convictions and they were living by the wrong standards. Are you with me? It's time for us to pass the right standards and the right inheritances to the next generation. Because we won't let that generation destroy that generation, so we have to be this generation who trusts God. And honor Him with all that we are. And the reason that Caleb possessed was because Abraham possessed. And the reason Abraham possessed was because Noah possessed. And it's all because of what they believed inside of who they are. Now listen, I didn't do this in any other service. So I want you to keep your eyes on me for just a moment. We're about to pray, but look at me. What do you believe about yourself? It's that simple. What do you believe? 
If you believe that the sin that has controlled your life for as long as it's controlled your life is going to continue to control your life, you've got the wrong conviction. But if you really believe that you can go all in on this hand for God, if you really believe that the God that I'm preaching to you exists and He can, I wish you could feel Him, I feel Him with every fiber of my being right now, that He can change who you are. He can begin to change your conviction about yourself. And instead of seeing yourself down, you can start seeing yourself up. Instead of seeing yourself defeated, you can start seeing yourself as more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. You can begin to become an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Because you settled your relationship with God. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.